Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Red Envelope. Today, I'm joined by Karina Bellin, the CEO and co-founder of W Hub, also co-founder and COO of Angel Hub. She's based in Hong Kong, obviously one of my favorite cities and also my birthplace. We have a lot to talk about today around the Hong Kong startup ecosystem, around how she and her co-founder Karen got started with the startup community. Given her background with corporates, so thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Theo. What a pleasure to be with you. This is so much fun. So um, let's get started a little bit.、Um, your background before you started、um, W Hub, you came from Procter and Gamble for quite a while. How did you end up wanting to do something so drastically different? May I say? Yeah, I think in hindsight,、um, I really looking back, I think、um, the reason why I started W Hub and the reason why I joined and stayed a, a long time, nearly fifteen years with Procter and Gamble, are actually pretty much the same.、Um, it is really being passionate about making an impact.、Um, our mission statement at P and G was about improving people's lives, and、uh, the very reason why we set out with、uh, Karen、um, and myself to found W Hub was. To help startups grow and scale and and foster the growth of the ecosystem here, so really making an impact, and we believe that innovation and economic growth is is definitely driven by um, agile um, tech startups. That is really cool. I have to say, the first time I came into knowing. Or, or trying to understand what W Hub is, is by that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Actually, I say fantastic report that your team did on on Hong Kong FinTech White Paper. It was so amazing, <laughs> and and I'll share the link、um, with the audience later. I remember when I saw it the first time, I tweeted it out. It's like, oh my god! Like it has everything and anything you need to know about what's going on in Hong Kong, what's going on actually beyond Hong Kong, you know, around Asia. Around the dynamics and who the players are and what's going on, so I just wanted to say again, kudos.、Um, it was just, it was just really, really amazing. Oh,、um, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. And you know what? I mean, we're we're really proud, obviously, how far our ecosystem has come. And the fintech white paper is、um, the sister white paper to a general one. But when we started the general one back in 2015,、um, we had 70 pages of information. And by the time we needed to launch the fintech version, is because the general one grew to over 160 pages. And now, fast forward, even I think our our. FinTech white paper is exceeding 150 pages, so there's a lot of stuff going on here, definitely. Yes, I, I would say it's、uh, never a dull moment、uh, over in Hong Kong and also in Asia.、Um, so, speaking of Hong Kong, is I would say one of the leading, if not the, primary financial hubs in Asia, and also a place where a lot of times we call the East meets West, or you know the、uh, Pearl of the Orient. There are many, many names that are attached to the territory. What are some of the top reasons you think entrepreneurs set up shops in Hong Kong? What what kind of advantages do they have in the territory, and what are some challenges that they may face? 
Yes, absolutely. Well, I think well, already, I mean, Hong Kong um, has really grown into a, a financial, international financial hub, but through a very entrepreneurial journey. And if you look into Hong Kong, um, it actually had already, when before we started with that mission on connecting startups to the resources they need to grow and scale, already all the ingredients available uh, for traditional SMEs and then also more and more, you know, really tech startups to grow. And uh, one of the first things, yes, it is a hub. It's very strategically positioned, as you mentioned. So we're, um, you know, east and west meets. Um, so it opens up really um, the Greater Bay Area um, in um, these, um, you know, in, in the north where you, and I could talk about Greater Bay Area a little bit more in detail. It's really worthwhile explaining to the audience what, what this actually is. So the access to China, but also, you know, um, the access to, to Southeast Asia. Um, and that is from a demand side as well as from a manufacturing side. You know, the Pearl River Delta as part of the GBA is, is a powerhouse. It is easy and safe. Um, so again, thanks to um, the, the, the British history, you know, it is, we have the rule of law. It's one of the freest economies with very strong IP protection, investor protection, um, great talents. Um, our um, top universities, um, the, the seven are in the top 100 of, of universities worldwide. Um, and we also have a very diverse and, and fast-growing ecosystem because we have, you know, so many um, different uh, industries and SMEs present, over 320,000 SMEs already um, that are operating in all different areas. Um, so fintech is only arguably 15% of the entire ecosystem. And we have very traditional, um, you know, hardware, IoT, um, health tech, um, all of these here available. But but we even have some exotic ones such as travel tech or property tech, um, insure tech is up and rising. So it's, it's very diverse and the diversity is obviously reflected in the age of founders, um, in the nationality of founders um, and uh, yeah, again, in, in the different verticals. I think one of the things where, where people say, well, you know, Hong Kong is, is so small, so why would I come and, and start a startup or start scaling? I think the great advantage of being so small is you can really quickly test your product market fit. And we have an amazing connectivity, you know, one of the highest um, internet speeds and fastest uh, average peak connections, 93% of household broad penetration, you know, 220% of um, mobile penetration. So if you, and, and just the list goes on in terms of social media, right? We have the Chinese social medias here, you know, be it, be it WeChat. Um, we have obviously all the international um, social media with Facebook and LinkedIn and, and the people are using it, right? So they're, they're browsing um, daily and spending a huge amount of time and an average Facebook user here uh, has um, eight times the, the number of, of friends than, than, than the average um, worldwide. So a lot, of, a lot of reasons that helped us really scale um, Hong Kong in a very short amount of time. And by now, I always say I'm proud that uh, we have the highest, one of the highest density of unicorns per capita because we have nine unicorns for only 7 million people. Um, and that's, that's pretty amazing. Okay, I'm learning something new every day. I, I, I thought I had a good handle on it, but um, I did notice the the travel tech um, when I was over in Hong Kong for the Rise Conference, and that caught my eye. Um, yeah, it was, it was quite interesting. I I had no idea that fintech is only fifteen percent of the ecosystem. I would think it would be actually a larger percentage, given the amount, the number of banks and uh, financial institutions that are in the territory. 
So. Yeah, and uh, absolutely. And I think, yeah, we talked about travel. Like you probably saw when you came over also textile tech is another vertical, you know, that is um, something pushed by also one of the very traditional, you know, um, big family businesses here. So uh, we, we're really pretty proud. And we do have a couple of, of firsts, even, you know, worldwide firsts where uh, we say, you know, that the very first AI accelerator um, was, you know, uh, started here in, in Hong Kong with, with Zeroth or even, you know, um, the Hashgraph, so one of, you know, blockchain technology. Um, Helix started off here in, um, in, in, in Hong Kong. And, and we're really proud, you know, when we say um, a, a couple of, of really uh, world records that, you know, um, you don't have to be shy to show on the global map, um, which includes, you know, having the highest value AI company in the world since time, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and also, I think still the, the record in the highest Series A fintech raise is still held by TNG Wallet. So um, here again, a, a Hong Kong-based um, company. And uh, yeah, so I think one of the, the, the reasons, and obviously when, when I said um, in Hong Kong, it is great to quickly get a product market fit, you know, to test your product with a very diverse consumer base, with main players. I mean, in the fintech space, there's the advantage of having 75% of the world's banks here. So if you're looking also in a B2B or B2B2C business model, you know, you've got really the counterparts all present here, is the fact that that concept of the greater bay um, that I mentioned at the beginning uh, is really taking shape. Um, and the Greater Bay Area, what it is, um, I always, uh, you know, try to make it very simple to understand. If you can imagine you put New York, Silicon Valley and Las Vegas into one region, um, that's what the Greater Bay Area is. So it's 70 million people uh, here with Hong Kong, Macau, Shenzhen and um, the south of China, the, 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 the Guangdong area, um, where you really combine international financial hub. Shenzhen is, is a bit the Silicon Valley of um, of, of China where, you know, big tech companies like Tencent and uh, DGI and, and Ping An uh, made it really and are now, you know, attracting tech talent from all over China and, and, and the world. Um, and Macau is, is several times bigger than Ligas in terms of turnover. Um, so with that, you can see 50% of all IPs um, in China get actually filed in, in Shenzhen. So I think we're actually only at the beginning uh, and uh, this reason, 70 million people um, already a GDP to close to, to 2 billion is going to, to double um, over, over the next few years. That's fascinating. I mean, you, you, you touched on, you know, something I, I was curious about, you know, is with such a high concentration of unicorns and startup activities and funding, um, where do you see, you know, the, the activities grow for the next few years? So you mentioned a little bit about the, the Greater Bay Area and what it means. So what are some of the plans there and what's Hong Kong's involvement um, in that particular region? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, we, we touched on, on fintech that will definitely continuously grow. Um, and again, some of the subsectors like insure tech and rec tech are um, definitely one of the faster growing elements um, in, in there. Um, the other one is we're also um, the GBA area as well as also the Hong Kong um, you know, government and, and key stakeholders put a focus on is, is definitely AI, you know, in terms of technology. Um, it's definitely also health tech and, and uh, um, uh, innovation in, in that space and continuously obviously um, hardware and robotics uh, which uh, has you know the advantages 
terms of all the manufacturing capabilities and also know-how. It's interesting, uh, you know, if we look historically back, so one of the um, reasons for the strong foothold of um, robotics um, here in, in Hong Kong and one of the reasons why Hanson Robotics, you know, Sophia, you know, came all the way here to Hong Kong is that there's um, know-how coming from the toy manufacturing industry that you know developed and grew into in, into um, robotics and, and, and IoT. Very interesting. So that is definitely um, where we can see also you know more and more um, development. Interesting in the area of of blockchain um, as well. Um, I mentioned about Helix here. Um, I mentioned. Um, not yet, but there's a big activity also coming through the gaming sector, of course, uh, not only in Macau, but also here in, in, in Hong Kong. Um, Blockchain Week um, always attracts towns from um, around, around the world. So we see further development. And again, with that one country, two systems, even though, you know, you cannot really find or talk crypto in, in China here in, in Hong Kong. Um, one of our unicorns, um, BitMEX, uh, is one of the most successful, um, you know, um, uh, uh, virtual um, currency and, and, and um, you know, crypto exchanges in, in the world. So we definitely gonna, gonna hear more and see more about that. And you asked me the question a bit about some of the challenges and where we also hope we see more evolution coming um, was um, still be before we launched, you know, Angel Hub, and that's the very reason why we launched Angel Hub was in the in the funding um, sector. So um, we have seen a tremendous growth over the past year in um, institutional money, VC money um, that came into the scene. And uh, with AngelUp, we're really looking forward also to further bridging and democratizing startup investment and promoting this asset class. Okay, wow, that, that is cool. I think you'll be busy for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's... Um... Let's touch a little bit on on the regulatory aspects of it, because as we know, you know, to have a vibrant um, and a sustainable startup community, you need the talent, which Hong Kong obviously has. Um, you need the funding, which you know it, it does have, as you mentioned, a lot of institutional funding, and with Startup Angel Hub, hoping to stimulate and and democratize that a little bit more. Um, but we also need government support, right? So from, from your perspective, what do you think the HKMA or the, or the government can do more to support the startup ecosystem? Yeah, and I think that's another um, good point that you're highlighting in terms of why why Hong Kong um, and uh, the regulator. When you start, you know, talking about fintech um, solutions, uh, the regulator for for a long time uh, was uh, really uh, looking and trying to first understand all the tech developments and was a bit more characterized on um, being more on the conservative side. Now, what we have seen again over the past year was um, a tremendous evolution and. Starting off, I would argue with with the HKMA. So there, there are several regulators here in, in Hong Kong. That's one of the differences to, to, to Singapore, where you have the MAS um, overseeing, um, you know, the um, in, in general the fintech activities here in Hong Kong. I would mention definitely the SFC, um, uh, you know, for everything securities and futures related. The HKMA for the banking sector, and then also the insurance authorities, uh, amongst some some others. But just to take these three as an example, um, so all of them put. Uh, um, contact points in, in touch to really engage with the ecosystem and better understand. And the very first sandbox uh, that actually came out in, in uh, 2017 was really all about um, helping the incumbents, the banks to innovate in the technology sector. And then very, very um, quickly right 
afterwards, um, one year later, the second sandbox was already a joint sandbox with the SFC, the Insurance Authority, then the HKMA, to open that one up to um, startups and startup innovation. And uh, the HKMA, again, just to take it as an example, had put seven different initiatives in place, you know, including um, the implementation of OPM APIs and, um, you know, faster payment system. And by now, um, we talked about that previously, uh, has issued virtual banking licenses, even ahead of some of the partner regulators in other countries here. So by now we do have, you know, beginning of 2019 um, here, eight virtual banking licenses. We had the insurance authority grant in January 2019, the very first um, digital um, insurance license. And then also, you know, to name the SFC with Angel Hub, also this year we have received the very first equity crowdfunding license here in, in Hong Kong. So the regulator um, was, you know, very, very um, open and pragmatic to better understand. And again, coming back to the point we made at the beginning, um, since the infrastructure here is already in place, as soon as people shift the focus towards the tech and innovation scene, and, uh, you know, things can happen very, very fast. We would like to give a mention to our creative partner, Tremendousness. Tremendousness is a creative agency that uses visual thinking, information design, and storytelling to help organizations explore and innovations, products, and processes. Learn more at www.tremendo.us. Lightning, I would say. <laughs> so, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you talked about the, the virtual banking license. Um, that's actually a, a really impressive and great start, so much so that um, other um, regions, uh, such as Singapore, were following suit. Um, and, and I think, you know, the, the question now is who else, right? There are a few other candidates have popped up already. Um, do you think, though, Honestly speaking, um, and that's a question that I have had for a while, especially when you look at Hong Kong with seven million, you know, um, population, at, but with so many, so many banks. Do you think um, those efforts actually will be successful in creating more value and choices for consumers? Or is it more like, oh, yeah, OK, here's another one. But, you know, they're going for for the same, um, you know, top of class, the, the, the same um, more lucrative consumers, if you will, as before. Yeah, no, I think um, definitely um, the virtual banks, and if we look a little bit into like who are the companies who have uh, received the virtual banking license here in Hong Kong, I think they're really taking an approach um, Blank, blank piece um, of paper on trying to understand, you know, what are the user needs, what are user journeys, and it's more about just having, you know, a digital interface um, towards an existing bank, right? Um, and it's very interesting, so again, coming back to um, who are these companies that have received the virtual banking license? So if we take out of the first badge, so so one is is, is John An, right, with obviously mm -hmm. a huge track record already, um, you know, in, in, in China on um, understanding, you know, how to leverage really um, different consumer behavior, different consumer interfaces in the digital 
digital world to provide solutions um, that are faster, you know, better and, and, and cheaper. But even then, within that first batch, you had a very interesting um, joint venture between Standard Chartered, so a very traditional bank, right? Uh, but uh, then Hong Kong um, um, HKT, um, PCCW, so really from the telecom sector, and C-Trip, right? So definitely, totally consumer-focused. Um, you know, C-Trip offers the, um, I don't know how, how much familiar you are with C-Trip, uh, really, um, you know, travel solutions. Um, so it's, and, and, and talking to the people, um, you know, also from, from Standard Charter, so they're, they're really starting off with, with total new um, systems, processes. They're not just trying to tweak existing um, processes and procedures and interfaces to come up with, with something new. And, and last but not least, we're very proud and happy to see that WeLab, which is one of our fintech unicorns, you know, out of the nine for our fintech unicorns. And, and WeLab is the one that started really as a, as a peer-to-peer lender, just cutting out the middleman, um, and then really evolved into an AI-powered um, uh, financial services solution where uh, now they're looking really forward with that tracker, with that understanding um, on building something that really can make a difference. And for, for, for you, I think you've, you've been to Hong Kong um, several times, you have close connections over the past. Um, there were quite issues, some issues that banks, traditional established banks had to face and you know, bank account openings, particular for, for, for smaller companies and businesses um, became, became cumbersome. So I think there's a huge market here waiting for these digital banks on providing um, accessible um, and better solutions in that space. It is, um, it, it's funny how when you look at the needs, right, from that perspective, you, you mentioned small businesses. I think we're facing similar problems or challenges or, or opportunities, depends on how you look at it, um, over in the States as well. Because, you know, when, when, when you're a small business, um, especially in nowadays with a lot of smaller enterprises and gig workers, traditional financial services system is just not set up right, to support them. Case in point, um, I started my business a little over a year and a half ago, and I just could not comprehend how it would take me three weeks to get an account open. And that was three trips to the bank as well. At the same bank that I had been banking as a consumer for over 20 years. So if you think about, I look at the journey, I'm like, wait a minute, it's not like you do not know who I am. You know who I am, you know my assets, you know my liabilities, you know everything about my financial life for the last 20 years. And yet, if I want to open a small business account, it was like, it was almost like me begging for them to let me give them my business. It, it was it was amazing. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, but I, I agree, actually. You know, and, and the thing is, you know, solutions, um, you know, are um, sometimes um, not yet considered, right, from banks. Um, on the other hand, again, putting the regulatory aspects in it. I mean, we're, we're very happy with, with Angel Hub that uh, we were, you know, able in collaboration with, with the regulator, uh, agree and approve on a fully digitized onboarding process, right, uh, where you have digital identities and digital signatures and that are, you know, part 
party, but also then again, the regulator um, has to, you know, make a movement and a step and say, okay, now I'm accepting this because, you know, as you mentioned, there's um, a lot of data and opportunities out there that can probably maybe even ensure a KYC process that's even more robust, right? Mm -hmm. um, and um, and that's, that's definitely one thing. Again, on the other thing, um, I think the real advantage that you have when you start from scratch um, is uh, that you can really fully adapt on the up-to-date, you know, behaviors. A lot of consumers, you know, nowadays would, um, you know, definitely not, you know, use credit card anymore or, for example, order things online and pick them up in store. So, you know, making sure that um, your user interface, you know, is able to cater to this and not to very traditional means of checks and credit cards and, and, and the way people used to shop in, in the past, that really, I think, enables, um, you know, these, these tech companies to be, um, and, and, and fintech companies, or, or tech fin companies as we call them now, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, the podcast yes. is called Red Envelope, right? So we all know that it was, uh, it was um, WeChat who, who coined that new concept of a tech fin where you purely come from a consumer behavior um, and consumption pattern and around that build financial services, right? Absolutely. Yeah, because I think, you know, one of the things we always talk about, right, consumers are not necessarily looking for banks for financial services. They're, they want services. Doesn't mean they want a bank. So as long as you have a brand that they trust, that provides experience that they're looking for, they will go for it. Um, yeah. So it, it is going to be very interesting to watch what's going to happen. Um, for example, over in the state side, um, Apple launched their Apple card. So me being a, a big Apple fan, I, of course, immediately jumped for it. So I had my, my virtual Apple card and just uh, recently I got the titanium card. It, the, the experience, the onboarding experience was amazing. It, it was everything that you think the Apple experience will be. And, yes. it, it, and, and then you wonder, why can't my bank do that? Right. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. And you know, what we we'll, we'll always say, you know, the, the, the best user experience probably when it comes to payment is when you don't even realize you pay, right? And uh, you probably have seen the, the reports and uh, you have uh, shops and um, outlets in, in China, we can just simply pay with a smile, right? So you got face recognition, you smile at a camera. And you pay. So I think uh, that's kind of like the benchmarks and standards where, where, where we're going towards too. And, and if you have a leg legacy system in place, right, you can only upgrade a car. Um, and if you're going from A to B, you say, well, my car needs to have this and that as an extra functional, has to be faster um, or needs to be able to fly. You can only go a certain way, but um, these startups, they just re-question if you want to go from A to B, if you should use a car or why not, you know, use a drone. So they can really, you know, totally um, come up with, with, with something that is way more adequate for consumer needs. I love the analogy. I might need to borrow that in the future, it, but it is very, very true, right? Because you don't have the baggage. You don't have all of the spaghetti, if you will, behind the scene. You can afford to start um, with a clean slate, which yes. you know, oftentimes is much easier. I, I remember taking my kids uh, to Hong Kong in the past summer, and um, they both have the NFC watch with the octopus card. 
Um, yeah, so, fantastic. you know, talking about, right, what you were mentioning about seamless experience, you don't even know you are paying because it, should, it shouldn't be something that we should be focused on. We should be focusing on the experience. So they got so excited that they can just hold up their watch and off they go into the ferries and hold up their watch and off they go. They can get whatever things they want um, in, in the stores. It was actually a little bit scary for me because I'm like, wait a minute, what are you guys doing? Do you even know what you're buying, right? Because for them, it's like, oh, this is so easy. This is so much fun. Um, I, I think I love the, the convenience of technology, although at some point I do worry um, the impact that will have on the younger generation because there is still something about a physical touch about, you know, feeling the money or, or looking at your wallet and seeing that there's no money in there. Um, <laughs> but that, 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 that's a, a whole different topic. Um, no, I, but I fully agree. And I think that's where um, obviously the education um, also needs to, to follow. And I think it's comparable to when people first started using credit cards, right? When they realized, well, you know, the, uh, the deduction comes only at one point in time, maybe one, two or three months later, and you don't really realize what, what you're doing. So I think it's, it's interesting because technology and the advancements in technologies are increasingly, um, you know, faster growing at exponential rates. Um, the thing is, you know, humankind is, is not really changing, right? And mm-hmm. all the, uh, um, all, all really the, the watch outs are, are just amplified by the fact that with, with modern technology and more and more powerful, powerful technology, you can go even faster and at even bigger scale. Yes, indeed, indeed. So speaking of faster and bigger scale, what plans do you have in store for, for WHUB and also for Angel Hub in the next few years? <laughs> yes, thank you. Well, um, again, for, for WHUB to start with, I mean, we, we really defined our missions on, you know, connecting um, startup and a startup ecosystem stakeholders to each other and the resources they need to to grow and faster and bigger and uh, having developed a, a full service fledge where we connect startups to talent where we um, give startups visibility where we connect startups to corporates and corporates to startup for for co-innovation um, programs and projects um, for events and conferences one big conference we're organizing ourselves which is the startup impact summit um, taking place again next next year in February so beyond on the watch out. Um, we really look forward to strengthening our partnerships now regionally and internationally for um, having, you know, soft landing programs where we help startups to soft land here in, in Hong Kong and, and leverage Hong Kong as a springboard to the, to the rest of, of Asia, uh, as well as helping our startups find trusted partners overseas where they can, you know, faster um, with the security net, you know, scale into, into new markets. Um, so that is definitely um, something that, that we look to expand even further. We made a first move um, into India um, at the end of last year. So really looking forward with with that and continuously, obviously with that, have our um, partners and also other um, stakeholders like corporates and and governments, you know, join us in in making these bridges and you know, growth happen. Um, for Angel Hub, um, yes, we're very excited that, you know, now also here in this part of the world, you know, we say we democratize a, a very distinct asset class, which are, you know, investment into startups um, to a wider range and bridge 
really very early seed angel investment with, with institutional monies where we ha- help companies, you know, in the pre-AA uh, phase on, on, on getting access um, to, to valuable capital. And um, again, here we're looking obviously to scale the activity uh, in terms of, uh, you know, startups that um, are, are fundraising through the platform. And the great advantage again is, really driving the synergies, you know, these can be startups from all over the world that are looking to raise growth capital here. So we're not limited to, uh, to, to um, Hong Kong startups. Uh, but moving forward, what we're looking on Angel Hub is also um, help more investors in other parts of the world better understand our ecosystem here and the companies that are scaling here. And so that they can be part of, of the huge opportunities through, through investing into them. That sounds like a fun journey. I could, I, I can't see you right now because we're not sitting next <laughs> to each other with that giant ocean between us, but I could feel the excitement coming out from, from your uh, mic. So I, I only wish we did this in person. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> no worries. And then hopefully we have built, we have built a bridge across the ocean now, um, a, a virtual bridge. And as we just said before, you know, uh, through technology, you can go faster and bigger and you may not need that physical bridge. That <laughs> is very true. Although I do, I do value a coffee date. So let's make that happen next time when I come to Hong Kong. Definitely, for sure. And next time you will see, you can pay with more than just octopus in the Hong Kong MTR. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yes, yes. I look forward to that. Um, but this is this is such a fascinating conversation, and oh my goodness, I I, I could go on for for more and more. But um, thank you so much for joining us today, and um, I look forward to actually meeting you in person soon. Same here. Thank you so so much. Um, and again, I cannot believe that we packed into only thirty minutes. Um, you know, <laughs> talking about the, the innovation ecosystem here in Hong Kong and the Greater Bay Area. But I invite you all over to to experience by yourselves. <laughs> Absolutely, you have to see it to believe it and to actually feel the energy. I totally agree. So thank you again. Thank you.